Um, so I, I have the I, I put together this quick talk because uh, it came from this thing that I feel when I get a project and it's like do this project and uh, the goal of the project is to get the project done. I'm like okay, cool. I don't like I feel like a trained monkey just like executing tasks. I I feel I feel like I want a more creative, purpose driven <laughs> situation. So I'm like okay, why are we doing this, right? And and what metrics do we have um, around this? project and they're like well the metrics are uh if we get it 100 done and on time and under budget it's like okay i don't care about that <laughs> like i get that i get that you want to do this project why do you want to do this project how do we know if we're doing the right thing right and that's like a one roll-up thing um and i was talking to some people and they're like well there's there's like everything rolls up to some business objective like increase revenue like nobody's going to argue that we need to increase revenue right and then under that, there's like another thing. And under that, there's another thing. And about five levels down, I, 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 every time I've done this exercise, it seems to be around four to six levels down, you get to the project. And then the purpose and the goal and the metrics around that are get the project done. So one realization about this reality is um, I, my, my original stance of like, don't tell me to get the project done because that's an invalid metric is not true. That is a good metric at the leaf node of this, like this chain of why we're a chain of whys. Um, but also it is valid to say uh, we should have an unbroken chain of reasoning all the way up to the like top level business objectives and key results. And, and at each level, at each roll up, at each why, like why are we doing this? That should have some objective um, key result measures that you can see impact on. So I, I, I so I built, I, I built this little set of slides, like explaining this, like this world, and and I and I made like a, a graph, right, or a, a tree of whys, and because it's not just a chain for for your project, there's a, a single chain that goes up. But for any high level objective, it's a tree where there's like to move the needle on revenue, here's the 15 things we're doing. And to move the needle on those, here's the five things we're doing. So we have this giant tree of things that we could be doing. And so a, a few observations I had was the things at the top, um, so like increased revenue, are less um, scientific. Like we're, you're not sure what's affecting revenue very well. So it's a little less easy to say that my pull request affected revenue directly, right? It's a little bit harder, um, but they're more sure that we're like, we do want to increase revenue. We know we do for sure. But at the leaf node where we say, we want to change the button color to green, um, you can directly see the impact because you can track clicks on that or whatever the, whatever the measure is that you're looking for. But it, it, you want to invalidate and get fast feedback in production really quickly on those things so that you can take a different branch of the tree and lop off branches as, as quickly as you can. And then there's the whole gradient in the middle. Now, I think, is it, is it, are you guys with me so far? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so, so this is all like, this is a thing. And then I started thinking my tree model doesn't work very well because it's, it's much more complicated. So if you go up a couple nodes in the tree, you could have other objectives that directly contradict your 
your leaf nodes. Does that make sense? So like in one case, you could say, um, we need to reduce to the number of steps to checkout. Right. And in another step, you could say, we need to add a step to checkout. And those two things could have different metrics that they're trying to hit. And so they could be contradicting, contradicting each other. But mm -hmm. then, then what you're talking about is what metric is more important and what, how do those affect rollout metrics? And it just gets very fuzzy and crazy and complicated. And then you have like these value metrics that are like, we want a customer to have a consistent experience across pages. Well, how much is that worth in a roll-up metric of revenue and and usability and those things? And so, one, I don't think my graph is a good visual representation. So I don't know if you guys have a better model in your head of how to think about this. And two, I keep thinking of like Steve Jobs land where it's like, at some point, we just need a benevolent dictator to rule over the situations and say, this is garbage, this is garbage, this is garbage, this is great. And so that just to get all of these teams and systems and, and things, at least at a UI level, at a customer experience level, to be like, <laughs> good, you know, because <laughs> if everybody is off kind of trying to do their best, the aggregate suffers, I think. This is no, I think this is, this is really interesting. So I think the, I think the tree visualization is accurate. I think the problem is the leaves can and do tangle with each other. So think of a tree that's all nice and pretty and then some wind comes along and now all the branches are intertwined, right? So the question is, is there zero wind in your system and will there always be zero wind? And I think the answer is almost never, right? Like it, there's always going to be some kind of wind. There's always going to be something that like ties the branches together. And to your point, like you could have the leaves fight with each other. You could also have the leaves unintentionally coordinate together, right? So like, what was the driver? Was it this thing or that thing? Well, because they happen at the same time, we actually don't know, right? The final piece here is like, or one other piece, is that your tree is also implicitly in a forest. And that forest is something that you might ha have any control over, right? So some, some pop star comes out with a new song and has lyrics that like tie to your, like are somehow <laughs> influencing your tree. You didn't know that you didn't coordinate it but like it's there and so now all your metrics are going to look good but it's like it wasn't you it was the you know it was, it was this it was this pop star right or whatever it was yeah and then those leaves are acting like for their own and benefit right and they're like if i if my leaf looks better but someone else leaves turns brown who cares <laughs> exactly like you know i'm gonna see the sun you know we're gonna grow and like it doesn't like you know everyone everyone's acting independently uh, so this is definitely okay. I'll, sh I'll share my thoughts on, on on this. So one, this is exactly why I like working on small projects with small people, like small teams. So like, and you ever read that book, uh, Blink: Power of Thinking Without Thinking, right? And like, I personally love being able to tap into like, okay, why am I doing this? And then ending with like, does it feel like I'm doing the right thing? R rather than being explicit about like 
what is exactly the reason for doing all the things. I can just rely on feelings and say, okay, yeah, if I'm feeling good about this, I know it's good. It's done, finished. But then if you have a, um, if you have like a group of like a hundred people, that doesn't work. Like how, how do you make sure like everyone's going to feel differently about different things, right? And there's no one mind there, right? So then you, there's this, uh, there's this book, uh, Culture Code talks about like how the slime molds, right? Slime molds are like these like not intelligent organism, but they act intelligently when you have uh, like uh, they act intelligently when they need to. Like for example, each individual like amoeba, I'm not even sure what the terms are. I can't remember what the terms are, but like each individual thing was called a leaf, right? Uh, like they act on their own, but when there's like a food shortage, when they're hungry, they they go to the center, right? And then uh, if they're if they're if they uh, if that doesn't like if they're still hungry, they move towards the light. And if they're if the if like that if they're still not like if they're still hungry, they move up, right? And like this kind of like heuristic behavior results in acting as one, right? Like everyone is like following the same heuristics. There's no communication. There's no like leader, benevolent dictator like amoeba cell. That's like you go here, you do that. No, they all have the same heuristic, and they're all they're all they all act in as one. And they get the goal even with that, without any like coordination. So uh, the analogy was used in the book was like there's this restaurateur who was really good at making restaurants, made one restaurant, did really good, but then the second restaurant had to split the time and could not like you know correct staff when things were not going according to the model of the restaurant. Like how do you treat customers in this way? When, what, what what about this situation? What do you do in this thing? And he found that when he was having the second restaurant quality went down a lot for both of them so then he tried to make these heuristics to say like okay listen everybody like this is the heuristic right here you go and then success happened and like he he was like he made like i think 21 restaurants or, or maybe 25 one of them is shake shack you know like a big like multi multi uh a lot he's very very successful oh, shake shake yeah um so the yeah. so the idea is kind of like core values or principles or whatever that for four-year teams and then syncing them all up on what are our values and how do we how do we like act at a higher level and uh, but then let me just say one thing yeah yeah which is like there's an example of a mistake like somebody somebody uh like some somebody some lady was having a, a a salmon dish and had half of it didn't like it and was like let me try something else and then uh at the end the, the people gave her the doggy bag of the of the of the uh the salmon and like she was upset because she was like this kind of sending like it was not not the uh like not the experience to go for that kind of restaurant and the people who like did this like everyone like everyone in that team like the the waiter like the the manager of the restaurant everyone over there like thought that they were doing a good job and like they they're oh yeah like she had half of it like you know like should, she should like of course she should pay for it of course like she should get the rest of it because she paid for it like every single step over there like they felt like they were doing the right job and the owner of the restaurant was like no 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 like that's not the like that's not the thing so it's more than just like what are your goals they have to be so clear that they're like heuristics that anybody like you cannot make a mistake there's no like it's, if you're thinking like more complex, then you're gonna make mistakes. So it has to be so straightforward and simple that no matter like where you are, you know that oh yeah, this is not the not the thing that we're doing. This is like the wrong the wrong way. Yeah. So so like right to your point, like having the full tree is good. That's that zoom out mode, right? And that's good. But sometimes that can be information overload if you need to make a fast decision, right? If you need to walk through the entire tree in order to decide 
then you, you need the civil or like heuristic or something in order to, yeah, that's cool. So did that, did like, how do you get there? <laughs> how do you, one, one, the one big problem I see with that is sinking like 30 teams on anything is impossible just because they're like, when, when you get that big, when you get to that scale, you have different cultures that form and different, even like subcultures. And, um, and the other thing is how do you translate something like a value, like always do what's best for the customer or whatever. I don't know what the, I don't know what the value there is, but how do you translate that into concrete behaviors? Cause I think different people or different teams are, can interpret things differently. Well, I think so finding what we have for common ground, I think is always going to be challenging. The, there are some like scary things that I think we all do share and it'd be nice to go to non-scary things, but let's just start with y'all won't have a job unless X happens. <laughs> so that's a, that could be a unifying factor, right? Like if the company makes zero money, then they can't pay their employees and then, you know, they have to find another job. Yeah. So there's, like, a, there's a self-preservation. There's a, a, a business, the business has to yeah. do okay. So I think one of the things back to the Steve Jobs thing, you know, uh, one tool and the toolkit is Steve is the dictator and he will fire you unless you do X, Y, Z. Right. And that's not, maybe the, it might not be inspirational necessarily, but it can be pretty clear. Right. So I think like when, when you need clarity, you have to be able to reduce that down to something clear, but the clarity is the leaf node. <laughs> and sometimes people questioning the clarity do need to see the tree. And so you know, I think it's, I do think it's that kind of zoom in, zoom out that you were talking about earlier, Dan. Yeah. I, I like the clarity thing too. Like it's, if it's, if you don't have clarity, like how many times have you been working on a job where you're like, what the hell should I be doing? Like, what, what, like, what is the thing I should do? And, 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 and how many times you work at a job where you're like, oh yeah, I know exactly what the thing is. Right. And like, what's yep. the difference between those things? Yeah, I'll say like, when I'm not entirely clear, I'm definitely less happy <laughs> when I know that I've been able to do something or like have a goal. And so I, you know, for me, that's part of my managing up playbook too. You're like being able to say pretty clearly and loudly, I'm bored or like, <laughs> help me. I like, I need, I, you know, I need something. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a thing that can happen. Yeah. I'd say most of the time I'm pretty unclear, but a project can be clear, right? I get a project. I understand how to implement it technically, but I very frequently lack just even one roll-up metric of like, okay, why are we doing this project? And what are the metrics that we're tracking to know that we succeeded? And then even less, you know, sometimes you can ask for that stuff up front and you can work with um, business or design or whoever to like see like what metrics do we have? And let we, oh, we have a dashboard, we have a baseline, cool. So we can like measure that. But even more rare is to see somebody after a project follow up and go to those metrics and be like, how did we do? Did it fail? You know, 
this is this is why I keep thinking like we need smaller iterations and faster feedback so that we can actually act on the feedback. Like if we if, if we roll a thing out quickly, and then we see that it's not working, we can roll it back. If you roll out a, a giant you know four month project, and you're kind of okay with the metrics, but they're not like super clear, then of course you're going to just justify whatever happens and say like, yeah, we we we're only going to like iterate forward. We're not going to like roll that thing back. Because like that doesn't make business sense, and you know, it's it's not like crystal clear. Yeah, I think the clarity is a really good point. I think the clarity would help. Part of me, after all of this like analysis and in depth thinking about all this stuff and understanding this tree and how everything's like put together, maybe it's not worth it. Maybe we should just look at a project and be like, yeah, the metric is to get the damn project done. Somebody thinks it's a good idea. I'm going to focus on my own personal growth and just like do this job because it's I'm learning stuff and I'm growing and like who like why 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 am I going through putting myself through all this hassle to make sure we're doing the right thing when like it might not like no maybe nobody knows maybe it's fluid dynamics and nobody knows (laughs) so you know there is a say uh well (laughs) trust I think is the key part right so you can have clarity, but clarity without trust can vary the the outcomes and like people's approach to it. You know that we uh, in school I studied this. Uh, it was this case. Moshe Cohen does uh, negotiations leadership class, and so the the let's see the the, the very uh, short version is they were comparing Amundsen to Shackleton, right? So um, maybe there's some fans of each each side, but really the, the idea was that the Shackleton thing was be charismatic, have people trust him completely. And a lot of people died because he didn't know what he was doing. Amundsen was the complete opposite. He was incredibly boring and people, whatever, but he, he like knew his shit and everyone was fine. And like, so like, point being Shackleton's strength was get people excited get people to trust in him a lot and you know where where that failed was maybe it was a little bit leaning on trust me as opposed to like make sure you do the right thing Amundsen actually was encouraging doubt which made people a little bit nervous but like they got they got through it and they were able to you know think independently and you know do what they needed to do so um different people at different stages in their life and stages of their careers might need different things um and and you know one of the one one of the things that i took away from that is that like depending on the situation y- you could have that same thing but for career things and maybe that's worth it you know like yeah dying in you know <laughs> the freezing cold is probably not the right thing that i want to test but like if it's about a project that seems that seems okay. <laughs> Projects can fail, right? Let's assume you have the right leadership, right? Let's assume like the person is the right, like you know. I guess is it like is it? Are you saying like uh, um, encouraging doubt is good? Well, I think you can. It's not so. I think one of the challenging things is that it's it's kind of this everything in balance phase. Right. Yeah. So like, uh, it, it can be good, <laughs> but I think there are limits, right? Yeah. 
let's say like the right person in the right circumstance, like at the right time, like all the things are lining up together. Now you have the right leader, like the right yeah. everything. Every, this person is like they're perfect for this lead, right? But you have so many levels of hierarchy that it doesn't feel like it doesn't filter down, right? How do you, like and I, and I think it's impossible. Like once you have certain levels of hierarchy, like people have personal incentives to like hide information to make them look more important or have more power or whatever. Uh, like just human nature at that point, right? Especially like people who are like, yeah, um, yeah they're, they're just they're just they're just the uh, like I can't see a situation like I I don't know how Steve Jobs made that company like the way like is like I'm so curious at how that actually looks like looks like when you're in a when you're in the leaf position. Like, I, I want to know what that looks like. I mean, I think I think a lot of it is... In, so for the Steve Jobs type situation, there's going to be a lot of people who are doing A for some definition of A thing. And, like, it seems like the entire world is telling them that the exact opposite thing is the thing that we should do. But Steve said it. And, you know... I like Steve, you know, he's, you know, and so like point being, that's what I'm saying about like the, the trust being kind of a core component is that like in a, in a, like one way, one way to think about it is Steve was um, kind of this bombastic character, but he also wasn't kicked out. <laughs> and so like if he kept screwing up or like things went wrong, like he might not have actually lasted, right? So, like you know, the and there's there's different. Um, he was kicked out. A success success bias. Oh, the second one, the second yeah. time. <laughs> but you know, the point being, like, if you have someone who is this dictator, some dictators are ejected from the, the he, organization. So I, others. Are here's not. what I think. Yeah. He got kicked out, right? And like, and like, he learned what steps he did to get him in that position, and he knew like how to not. So I, I wonder if it's like, oh, I'm doing a good job, therefore I'm not getting kicked out, or no, I know how to do politics now so much better because I learned exactly what happened if I don't do it, and so like now he knows how to do it, right? Like I, I personally don't think that not getting kicked out is a sign of success. Hundred <laughs> percent, yeah, that's a pretty low bar, but like you know, it might be there might be other things. So you know, people are wrong too, right? And but I think. That's also how we learn. Like when things are wrong, the important thing is to figure out like, what can we do differently? Is yeah. there anything that we could do differently? Right. But so then, if I so if I sit if I sit in this position where I'm like, maybe I disagree with the project, or I, or we don't have clear success metrics, whatever. But like my goal is to learn and grow as a person, and maybe you know I I don't care about my company and I can move on, whatever. Um. And I go into the project, and I'm and I'm just implementing it to like some spec. Isn't there a lot of my, my assumption in my in my brain? Because I, I don't I don't think I've rarely if ever actually done that. <laughs> but like, if I did, my assumption would be I would run into a bunch of problems because I don't know, you know, as as an engineer creating a a product and making a lot of technical design decisions um, and architecture decisions along the way, if I don't understand the purpose, then I can't make the right decisions, right? It, it kind of goes back to your um, your thing, Ralph, of if I, if I have the right values in mind, then I don't need to know every turn to make. I can 
make the right decision on on point because I understand the purpose behind the thing and like the context around it and like where it's going and where it's where it's been and like what metrics we're looking at. Right. I, I feel like I need all of that information just to say um, whether or not I should make a, I should abstract a class out because this is going to be a thing that we're going to have a bunch of and it's going to change a lot or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'll talk about it in two different levels. One, like let's talk about like you're, you're doing a side project and you're the only person in this project or who the only person who even cares about it. Like it just, you're doing something for yourself. Right. And you, and you, and you're thinking like, Oh, I need to know, like if you're thinking this way, like, does it matter? Like you ask the question, does it matter if I like, be explicit about these things or am I implicit about these things, right? Personally, I think, yeah, you have to at some point like just go with the direction without investigating too much with it because let's say you're in, in a position of your career where you, uh, you know, obviously we don't know everything, right? So if you just pick a direction, you might be surprised with how much you learn by going down that direction even though it's not something that you would have done if you had been analytical about it right so like well, the, yeah 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 i i recently heard this t really good talk about uh tdd and red green refactor where he said you do red green and in the green step you purposefully write really bad code and then uh, yeah like just imperative just garbage and then in the refactor now that you've had it working mm. the refactor is going to be much better because mm -hmm. you have something that works and every time you refactor your tests yeah. are running and you make sure you didn't break anything luckily i do that implicitly i just write bad code all the time and then i refact it <laughs> not hard <laughs> Check. uh but yeah i i i agree with that so like uh, um so now like now you're in a team right so like how, how do you like the, the like sometimes going with the flow results in you just learning a bunch about like you're like oh i would never have gone down this direction but now that i have i'm actually like surprised at how not bad it is you know like yeah so like yeah if we have the idea of like oh we got to be super analytical about everything that assumes that we are just really good about like we're just we're just like we just have so much information that like we'll we'll, we'll not make a mistake but there are the, the chance of you like making a mistake saying like oh we shouldn't do this because of this i think it's also like something to factor in so if we do the same like red green refactor but we move it up a level right where it's like at a at a project level, we're like, we think the user needs this. Our failing test is that um, these metrics are really bad. Uh, we put out an MVP that is garbage. Uh, wait, but no, what's the what's the what's the? We just go with the flow. We try something. Is that is that the equivalent of the of the green? We make it. Yeah. We, we push the metrics in a way that nobody agrees is a good solution but it pushes the metrics yeah so, so we validated project. our assumption just do the project like okay you want you want this here yeah. you go <laughs> you know and then the refactor is like oh we oh this uh, this is like you know we we clean it. the the refactor is interesting to me because that's to me where it switches from being like we can objectively measure that this thing gets done versus like this feels kind of wrong and this you know when, whenever you're um creating a new abstraction or deciding what uh, separation of concerns is, there's a really gut thing in there, I think. It, some, some, sometimes it's perfectly clear. It's like, this is file access and this is uh, crunching an equation or whatever. 
so like like clearly separate separate concerns but i think a lot of times that's like a judgment call and i feel like the same thing is true and and necessary in ui where and this is like the steve jobs thing i think where it's like he'll look at something and be like no this is garbage how do you know well because it's like some Mm -hmm. there's some unquantifiable thing happening there a feeling a feeling yeah 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 um so imagine if you do a project where you go to the flow right and even if the company moves away from it like you're on a different team now that refactor thing is still better like in, in your head you can do it right like you can be like oh i knew i know what would have been better now that you have all that context but if you're trying to do up front like oh we should do this instead of that because yeah. of this you don't know yeah it's really you hard don't even have a working thing yet Exactly. So you're you have a super oh, big incentive to learn individually by going yeah. with the flow. Yeah, that's, that's really good the point. talk, man. That's that's the thing I need to put in the slides. Cool. We solved it. <laughs> no, I still think I still think I still think um, now you need to do this exercise at each level and make the analogy. The clear analogy because because you go back to like okay cool now we now we understand what red green refactor means at a project level what about across the six teams that i'm working with on my app and how do we get, and and then going back to the like emergent properties thing of like how do we get everybody aligned on what we what we value you know i really wonder people people who are in the position of steve jobs and like people like that right did they did they come with this mentality of like how do I like I, I do such good work how do I scale to like this big organization or did they come with the mentality of like oh I'm really good at like evaluating other people's work much much better than I am making my own such good work right and like so like what I'm saying is like I think it's I, I cannot imagine being in the position of I have this entire organization under me right and like i am such a control freak <laughs> you know i have so many like ideas and and like my quality standards are so high like i would be a benevolent dictator like there's no no doubt about it right and that would not work <laughs> so like how like I, I don't i cannot imagine somebody going from like the position where i'm in right which is like i i love doing the work and i'm so i think i'm good at it and and i and i have such like unique opinions like i'm not mainstream in any way right so like how do I how would I scale that? I don't think it's possible for me to scale what I have, right? Unfortunately. But uh like are the people who are in that top level, are they coming from that position? Like I'm so good at what I'm doing, or are they good at like managing? You know, I think I think so much of it is really just establishing and maintaining that trust. Right. And so there's and there's a lot of different ways to do that. There's a lot of different ways to fail at that. But I think Without trust, you don't have any kind of leverage. You have no opportunity to scale your influence. And I think, you know, my experience is like, you can get a lot of folks to trust you. Then you do one stupid thing and they don't trust you anymore. Like that's, <laughs> that's I think, the, the line to walk. And, you know, if someone doesn't trust you anymore, you can convince them eventually to trust you again. I, I think some like a lot of this is about externalizing things, right? Uh, it, it, like the trust that I'm providing is essentially proven by the results. And so if you can externalize that, so like with the red green, like the, the unit tests are essentially like a thing that more than one person can look at and objectively say, I agree with that. 
right? Like I, I trust essentially not necessarily me as an engineer, but I trust that the test suite is doing the thing that I want it to do, right? And so point being, you can trust me or you can trust the test suite. And so in the same way, you can kind of externalize and scale that influence, right? You don't have to trust me, but you have to trust that, like, trust something. Trust the <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, tr- tr- like, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that's probably how it goes, right? You have some leader who's making these decisions, and you have to go with the flow first, and you have to start from a place of trust, and then if the metrics are consistently backing that person, then you keep you keep trusting them. If not, then. <laughs> you you lose that trust you said yeah. something interesting though that now i'm i'm stuck on the it's you you can do something you can do many things in a row to build trust but then you do one thing and you lose trust is that why nobody trusts any leaders is it like impl- is it like because once you get high enough in an organization and you have enough decisions to make that you're, go- you're just like by the law of numbers, you're going to make a potentially bad decision and then you're going to lose trust easier than you build it. Like, are all leaders doomed to not be trusted? Is that why? Is that well, why we don't trust leaders? <laughs> I think there's a, there's different levels. There's how much do I need to trust this person is another piece to the puzzle, right? So if I point being zero trust is not the same as like very little trust. (laughs) And then there's like, how much do I really need to trust this person? You know, there's plenty of things that can happen with low or no trust, but you know, higher performance, higher, like happiness is probably going to be higher trust, right? Like in general, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I'm just imagining like, who would I want? as like the person to lead me. And I think it's like, as long as it's not, I don't, I don't think I have to like, I wonder if it's like trust is the thing or alignment is the thing. It's like, Hey, if we, as long as we have the the process in place of like, we can, you know, get those metrics that we're trying to go after and like val and get those validations. Like, does it matter if I trust them or not? Well, so I think the trust, the trust really. So I think in some ways I could put the word trust under anything. <laughs> so I want to like call that out. But what I would say is the alignment would be directing people in the same direction, right? So like you're looking at the same things, you're looking at it in the same way, right? Same direction. So the question is, do I trust this person enough to want to turn my head in that direction? And the answer might be no. And that's, so that's, that's like a fundamental part of like where alignment goes wrong or, or whatnot. Right. But, um, yeah, I think there's a little bit of both. There's like there's there's like you said, there's like a big difference between zero trust and no trust. If a if a if a leader gets up in like an all hands meeting and says something that I know to not be true, which happens more than it more than more often than I care, uh, that's like instantly I'm like okay, I like this is it, it's it's a it's a show of character that I, I I don't trust this person as a person. They're they're not. Uh, they're not behaving in a way that I find moral and good. Uh, that's very different than like, I don't think this person can run a business, you know, can like make the, can is like competent at their job. That's a different kind of trust, I think. And, and that's also um, different from like, 
is this person, how, how is this person impacting me in my day to day? You know, I have three levels of managers between me and them and I don't actually care. You know, like these are all like different, different situations for me and how I'm going to respond. And I, you know, I have such little interaction or visibility or anything of the like CEO level of the large company that I'm in now that I don't care to think about whether I trust them or not. Like, the the proof is that the business is doing well or not and there's so much to that that you know yeah it's not worth me even like thinking over but but i will watch them in all hands and see if they say something that's completely untrue and i'll 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 certainly judge them because i just love judging people that's no, not true but, I, so i i think yeah. i i think i have a, a little framework for me now to like know like how, how like what kind of leaders i'm i'm perfectly happy with and what kind of leaders i'm not so there's two axes. One is like how competent they are, right? And yeah. it could be on like, you know, let's say like engineering. But the other side is like how uh, how like controlling are they? Like how, 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 how much do they want people to do their way, right? So like if you're incompetent, but you're not like controlling either, totally fine. <laughs> if you're competent and you're controlling, fine. You know, like I'll learn. If you're incompetent and you're controlling, whew, that's the worst. worst. Like, that's like yeah. a worst <laughs> yeah it's more it's it's more about um are they acting in the in the benefit of people it's 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 less about like are they acting a lot and are they like controlling a lot for me it's like i think like think about like elon musk uh, early days elon musk he's like very aspirational and um just I think I think his whole thing is built on a kind of trust. It's like this guy is a genius. He's a he's revolutionary. He's a visionary. Like there are a lot of people that would like work for him for free or for like very. They're like I will follow you. You know. Um, so that's like on on one side of the spectrum. And but then there's like boring businesses and CEOs that are just good at that boring thing and make a ton of money, you know? So I don't know. They, I think I, just I think marketing all different types of people and types of the, trust. I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I've been following this, uh, this like, you know, this like Elon Musk, uh, like, uh, like this, like vibe. I'm not sure what to call it. Like, yeah. the, and like, I remember like two, three years ago, like, wow, like everybody worked for him for free. And now it's like, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think so. That's why I said early Elon Musk. <laughs> I remember just talking. I, I went on this 10-day meditation retreat, and after a, a group of people were talking about Tesla and Elon Musk, and the the like passion that people talk about him with was like I've, I'd never experienced that in person before until I talked to these people. I was like, really? Like it, this is like they would follow him off the edge of a cliff. They're just like, this guy is gonna save the world. <laughs> like what? I, I don't. I don't think I'd ever go that far. But there is like the competence for me. For I think it depends on your career and like what what kind of person you are, what kind of thing you're in. For tech people, I feel like the competence go is like really high. I, I would I would much rather even down at my job I would much rather pair with somebody that's uh, that I know to be like very smart and good and fast and like has these like crazy multi-threaded brain thing going on. I love those people. Great. I would follow them no hesitations. I would like I would give them a lot more leeway when they're like 
trying to do things. And th- I think that's what trust is, right? It's like giving people leeway for free. Right. Um, I would do that with somebody that I know to be really smart and competent. I know a few of these people and it's like, I, 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 I can't stop talking really highly of them, <laughs> which is another thing that's like really great. Um, where it like starts to break down is when people get away from the tech and it's yeah. like, okay, you're, you're an okay manager. And some people say you're an okay manager, but like it gets really fuzzy really fast. I think when, when, because so, at that level and at that management level, you do have to make a bunch of like gut decisions. And there is a lot of those positions being in that position. A lot of times I don't think there is a right answer or a good answer or a really competent, yeah. smart answer. So people flounder. I think uh, comp- for, like competence, like things I have in mind is like one, like, first of all, do you have like engineering competence? Are you, were you an engineer before? Great. Uh, design, like design. If you have, if you're really good in design, also really awesome. Like user experience, yeah, design, cool. user research, yeah. all that stuff. Number three, like, do you know the market? Like, are you like, are you an expert at knowing like, what's the minimum viable pro- product that we can like get feedback on and iterate on? Great. You know? Okay. Are you, um, are you like, is there any other, I can't remember. I can't think of anything else. That's a pretty good list. I mean, I don't even know if one person can necessarily do all that, but they can get out of the way if someone else can like fill in the gaps, right? That's the other piece, right? I Maybe. mean, like each of those would be one person like that. I don't think yeah, that yeah, yeah. you can be good at all those things. I mean, every different um, function in an org, I think, can have a person who is extremely competent at. So like data science, you could have like machine learning data science person that's like super competent in figuring out how to get the right data to the right place and how to do science yeah but still like you need to like if it does if you don't know what the market is and and like how to know what to build i don't care if you're good at data science you know well yeah all of these things have to play together like none of it matters if you have a terrible design and none of that matters if if the code can't scale and each one yeah each one has to hold the other ones up or smaller organizations don't have all of these functions and people wear many hats and you have to be just like adequate at most until you do get big enough to get a, a super expert but yeah, I, 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 I doubt there are very many teams out there who have that kind of ultra competent expert in each, in every function, all working together. And actually, I don't know if that would be a good thing. That might be a too many cooks in the kitchen. Situation. No, no, no. It's a good thing. I, I, I've had that. That was my previous, my previous. As thing. long as people stay in their lane, it could be okay. But I feel like that type of person, a lot of times, don't stay in their lane very well, and you could get these like arguments oh. this is it oh go ahead one more one more competence marketing like like Vercel yeah. level marketing <laughs> 700 times faster <laughs> i thought it was 70 no it's 700 then webpack then then the, then is <laughs> anyway the point is marketing uh, i thought you were talking about turbo pack turbo pack yeah 70 uh, times faster than webpack 700 times are you sure? I thought it was seven million. <laughs> it's there's a seven and some number of zeros after that. It's so fast it experiences time slowly. <laughs> uh, I forget what I was gonna say. I mean, what you're saying about people who getting people who get like too far from a thing is also interesting, right? So like trust like more trust means that you can get further away and still be okay. Right. But there is a breaking point to that sometimes. Right. In the sense that like, yes, I trust this person, 
but I probably shouldn't. <laughs> right. And, and I think that's something that's like, it can be a, a frog boiling situation in itself, right. Of like, yep, this is, um, you know, it, it worked. When is, is it still working or do we have to recalibrate? Like, how do we, how do we know? Right. Yeah. That, how do I know that that's the, that's another thing that I'm struggling with is if the function is too far from technical, how do I know if I'm actually talking to an expert or not? How do I know if somebody's competent? I doubt my own ability to judge that. Yeah. Um, like, would I know it if I see it? I don't know. Maybe I just have never seen it. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's like, where, like, where's the glue between all of these functions? How does that work? Yeah. I guess if you if you are, if you are very competent in your lane, you stay in your lane and you understand the dependencies and how to work with the adjacent functions. That's, I, th I that's think if you, right. if you have those competent people in those different areas, the result is clarity. Like I know what to do. Mm, okay. So when there's not clarity, there's like some dysfunction in the system. Yeah. Like imagine if you had a person who was like, this is exactly the problem we're trying to solve. And like here's the data, like we know how to get it. Like here's the design we're looking for. Like here's the here's the architecture. Yeah. Like what, it makes sense. It looks good. It's clearly a good thing. You and can the, prove it. And, and the engineers have a good way to implement it. Then boom. And then like boom. from there, we'll get data and we go up like, you know, come on. Like how what 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 would your question be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should we yeah. use C sharp? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, then it's just then it's then you just do the thing of like creatively flowing the code out. Red green refactor, I like this idea of red green refactor commit CI and deploy, and then red green refactor again. No, uh, <laughs> every commit is a you know trunk based development. Every commit goes into a releasable state or deployable, deployable, releasable, whatever, deployable. Yeah. I get those mixed up. Which one is which? I think deplorable is probably not good. Deplorable is bad. <laughs> but otherwise. Deployable versus releasable. Wait, what's the difference? I get this confused. When you're doing trunk-based development, you can like build into a trunk into main, right? You're building on main to make, make an integration is running, but you're not necessarily putting it into production. Right. Releasable is like... It's in the like deployable is in the code, but like releasable is like now customers can see it maybe. Oh, okay, okay. So deploy. So the code must always be in a deployable state, um, but it's not released yet because customers aren't ready for it or whatever. You need to send an email. Yeah, I mean, I, if you're deploying stuff that's not releasable, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, there's some, there's something weird going on there in my brain. But. Like a, like a feature toggle. Like imagine yeah. you deploy, but no customers see it because there's a feature toggle. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a good way to think about it. Yeah, you can deploy it, but it's not in a release state yeah love it is that a good place to to end let's wrap it up <laughs> all right good chat y'all see ya yeah.